Well, a new report releases new details about the Philip Forsberg contract negotiations. And after hearing it, Ann and I have only one question. How in the ever-loving, flaming, diddly-poo have the Predators not re-signed Forsberg yet? Big topic we're going to dive in today at the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. All right. Uh, so in case you haven't heard, Philip Forsberg's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I think that tidbit sort of snuck up on everybody, I guess. So, yeah, we, we've gone back and forth about contract negotiations. Uh, we're at the point where anything that comes out from here on out is going to be major news in Nashville just because uh, we're counting down the days till the start of unrestricted free agency. So Frank Saravalli uh, at the Daily Faceoff got on his podcast. The uh, He does the uh, Daily Faceoff. What, what's it called? The DFO rundown. I don't know. It's it's from yes. the Daily Faceoff. Tune in. It's a good show. Yes. Um, and him and Jason Greger were talking about Philip Forsberg. Um, and here's basically what he said. Uh, I'm just going to read the quote. Um, it said Greger said, uh, "I'm not sure what Forsberg is asking for, but if you're the Nashville Predators, I don't see how you wouldn't sign him. He's your best forward. To me, it's not close." He's a $9 million player. And Valley jumps in and says, they didn't ask for $9 million. I can tell you that. They were asking for what I'm told is well south of what Roman Yossi makes, somewhere in the low eights. How is that even a hesitation on Nashville's part? And as Gregor went on to point it out, if that's what he's signing for, if that's the going rate, you're not going to bring in anybody in a better contract that's going to bring you what Philip Forsberg does. Mm-mm. And what do you make yes. of all of this? What the flag nog is happening in Nashville? What is happening? Because with all, you know, the more time that goes by with Philip Forsberg unsigned, the more ridiculous this situation becomes. And then honestly, when you hear this from a pretty darn credible source, you know, yeah, people sure. who, it's Frank ha- you know, this is right. This is somebody who is not just throwing a number out there willy nilly. And the number is in the $8 million anywhere range. The idea that Philip Forsberg has not been resigned is absolutely mind-blowing to me and not in the good way like I cannot figure out and we're gonna talk about maybe how this has not happened I cannot figure out how Philip Forsberg has not been re-signed in Nashville and this is alarming it's mind-boggling 
I mean, think about it earlier this year. We were talking about when Philip Forsberg started having his career year. We were thinking, oh, there might be a team that overpays and gets like $10 million for him. Yes. He's mm -hmm. making in the $8 million range. Like he could be making less than Roman Yossi, who's your highest paid person. <laughs> that was another debate. Remember, it's like, oh, should yes. he be paid higher pay than him more than Roman? If he's not, then mm -hmm. he's going to go. This is like everything that Preds fans have asked for. Philip Forsberg, if this is true, is willing to take a hometown discount to play for the Predators. And the Predators are making this an absolute train wreck for Philip Forsberg's camp. Like, what is the issue there? He is willing to like play for you for a huge discount for something that is yes. not only manageable for your cap, but actually helps your cap long-term because now all of a sudden you have an extra, what, one and a half, two million dollars to play with to go yep. out and sign other guys. Like this is, if this is true, that's huge for Forsberg. Now look, I, I obviously there's a lot going on behind closed doors. You have to also think this is probably Forsberg's camp that told this to Frank Saravelli. We don't know what else is kind of going on behind the scenes. I get that. I get that. But it seems Come to, on. it seems to me, Anne, that Philip Forsberg is the one that's giving here. Like the one yes. that's willing to maybe meet halfway. And mm -hmm. if David Poyle butchers this, like, oh he's gosh, done in terms of the fans, like he's done, like he's done. Unless yeah. the Preds win the Stanley Cup next year, um, you're going to see a situation that I don't really think Nashville sports has ever experienced. You think about the, you know, what you've seen in Vancouver with uh, the Jim Benning stuff last year. Um, you know, the people chanting fire, boil at games. Yes. That's that can come to Nashville. I think that does. Mm -hmm. If Forsberg leaves and the Predators go into this little ho hum sort of middle of the ground thing again next year, Poil is done in the fans' eyes. He's done. Yes. And he's on such a short leash right now as it is when you look back over the season that the Nashville Predators had because so many things went well except outcomes. So you finally had great production from Matt Duchesne, Roman Yossi season year, UC Saro stepped into the starters position and was nominated for the Vesna. Philip Forsberg having this incredible year. So many things went well and the Predators were first round exits. And then you have the NHL awards where you have Roman Yossi and Soros nominated for three awards. Neither one of them win. Let me tell you something. If you come out of this season with a first round sweep with no awards for players who were incredible. And I get that that is out of Poyle's hands, but for right. the fan base, that's, hugely disappointing and then you end up with no philip forsberg what good came out of this amazing season that the predators had it feels like this past season for all of the gains for all of the records was a waste when you're looking at moving closer to a stanley cup a waste of a season and that's i think what the biggest heartbreak is too because your fans are going to look at that and say okay what was that all for if Forsberg was really yes. gone if you didn't want to bring him back 
then why didn't you just trade him? Like you said in your post. Yes. Again, remember when we were, we've talked about this before, when they didn't do anything at the trade deadline, despite all these players having record year, and you heard Poyle say, well, you know, we didn't think we were close enough. If, if you thought that then, why didn't you trade Philip Forsberg? That's going to be the question that's going to be asked. Again, like mm-hmm. not saying I would have agreed with it because I think anybody who has a chance to compete in the playoffs should do whatever they can to be good in the playoffs. That's my personal mm-hmm. opinion. But, you know, if, if that's your opinion at that time, then why even go through this? Why even put your fans through pain down the stretch run? Why even go to the postseason? Like, if you think you're going to lose, if something's telling you you don't have a team to win, then you should be trying to, you know, if you couldn't sign Philip Forsberg, you should trade Philip Forsberg. Yes. That's going to be. You know, and I get that. That would not have probably been a popular thing to do at the trade deadline, except now you look back and you think there were two good options. You didn't take option A, which was trade him at the deadline. And option B right now is not looking good. And so this could end up for Nashville being a complete lose-lose. And that's terrible when what you're losing is Philip Forsberg or the value of Philip Forsberg. And the Predators may walk away from this season with neither. Yeah, kind of want to get into the ins and outs of it uh, and kind of look at where Poyle stands on this because this is not the first time something like this has happened and he is displaying some signs of of being a bad manager, like textbook signs of being a bad manager. Want to talk first about uh, Bet Online? They're sponsoring today's show. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, uh, including everything from Major League Baseball, golf, boxing, UFC, MMA, pretty much any sport you can imagine. Plenty of stuff out there for the MLS season as well. They got all kinds of Props, odds, and lines, different prop bets, including uh, for soccer, who's going to score the first goal. Um, in baseball, you know, there's stuff like how many hits is Dansby Swanson going to have, like over under two today or one and a half. Um, anything like that, anything that you can think to bet on when it comes to sports, bet online has you covered. They also remain the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news. So if you need to get caught up on something, they're the place to go. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Here's the other question I have about the Forsberg situation. Um, mm-hmm. There's been rumors that, well, there really hasn't been rumors. David Poyle has come out basically and said explicitly he's not signing for anything less than eight years, making it think Correct. like maybe Forsberg wants uh, a few like lesser years on its term, maybe something like a five-year or four-year deal. Um, there's also been some speculation, some rumors circling around that maybe the issue is that Forsberg wants a no movement clause. Right. Is, is that, I mean, that's not in my eyes an issue, Anne. Like that's not in my eyes an issue. Like if that's what Philip Forsberg wants and that's the salary he's willing to do it for, this is a deal. Like, Give Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. 
It's still a steal if you have to, and I know David Poyle just does not particularly care for no move clauses, no trade he's only, clauses. He's and only I get that. Two. He's only given out two yes. in his history. Yes. So this is not, you know, a road that he likes to go down. And I understand that from a business perspective. But if you have somebody saying, I'm willing to play here for significantly less, and it is significantly less, you know, in an $8 million range is significantly less than what I think Philip Forsberg is going to get offered in free agency. If he's willing to come here for significantly less money, there is no realm in which it makes sense to me that term or a no move clause is the straw that's going to break the camel's back and not get this done. If Philip Forsberg wants five years, and I understand, you know, David Poyle in the press conference where they were talking to Bill Haslam, who's going to be eventually the majority owner, he said, you know, kind of his wording was a little, the ball is in Phillip's court. You know, we're not going to offer less than eight years and this could be Phil's team. And he has to decide if he wants to buy in. If Which Philip Forsberg to begin with, if Philip Forsberg is willing to sign a contract for less than $9 million, he is a hundred percent bought in. That is buy-in. That is millions of dollars worth of buy-in right mm -hmm. there. So yeah. The narrative is not matching when you hear this report of what Forsberg's camp has said. It does not match. It doesn't mesh. Well, it's a buy-in from Philip Forsberg. You know who it's not a buy-in of? David Poyle. Yes. Because, look, here's a guy who's willing to pay for less. Um, and uh, yeah, like if he's willing to buy in, David Poyle doesn't sound like he's willing to buy into Forsberg or this Preds look if it's if he wants like a four-year deal or a something short I get it you don't want him or you know you don't want to come into the same situation four years from now but like if you're but at the same time it, it's it's like a bipolar situation because Poyle wants to like have Forsberg commit long term and have this be his team but he won't offer him a no movement clause like he doesn't want to give how does that for not getting traded? Like, is that the issue here? Could you like, yes. and, but that's the thing. It's like Poyle, you know, if that's the case and he wants that flexibility to be able to move Philip Forsberg. Well, then of course, Philip Forsberg's not going to commit long-term because what happened, right. what's happened to some of Philip Forsberg's buddies on the team? Yeah. Victor Arvidsson wanted to stay and compete in Nashville. He signed a long-term deal. What happens? David Poyle trades him. Ryan Ellis, uh, Ryan Ellis a yes. lot come out about this one uh, since the end of the season. That's uh, a mess. Ellis was more or less heartbroken about being traded. Mm -hmm. He signed a long-term deal because he wanted to stay in Nashville. What happens? David Poyle <laughs> trades him. And if you're looking at the Preds, if you're the guys that are in the locker room and you keep hearing David Poyle go, oh, yeah, I believe in this team, he gets players to come back on a pretty – discounted contracts for mm -hmm. long term and then he puts those players on the block for not even hockey trades like future assets like he traded Arvidsson for two draft picks how is that going to help the team in the locker room he traded Ryan Ellis right. for well one guy who sucks and one guy who's not even you know who's 50 50 on making the NHL team next year even though he's proven to be a pretty decent prospect like, how mm -hmm. has that helped the team right now? 
And that's the thing. Like Philip Forsberg, if he buys into that and he's like, okay, I like it here. I still think we can win. Let's see what we can do. And you're not getting the kind of commitment you want from your GM. Like, of course, of course, you're not going to want to resign because you don't want to buy in when your GM has shown you he's not bought in and you, he's not bought in your teammates and he is, wants the flexibility to, if things go bad, trade you for probably a prospect at the flip of a hat. If he can. Yes. And I understand why David Poyle make, made some of those moves that he did. Although I think we can all agree that, you know, Ryan Ellis, Victor Arvidsson, we did not get the, you know, Nashville did not get the value for them that they should have gotten based on timing of decisions with David Poyle. But when you're making these business decisions and people see how you do that, you cannot be surprised when a player says, I want insurance that that's not going to happen again. You you cannot be surprised that Philip Forsberg says, I have seen this happen and I want some insurance, whether that is a no trade clause, no move clause, whether that is, you know what, I'm not comfortable with that much term. I want this term. You know, David Poyle, you've played your hand enough times that they know what they need to ask for, for Philip Forsberg to feel comfortable in this situation. And I'm not, I just can't get my mind around how firm a stance David Poyle is taking, whether it's just publicly with the press or whether this is also privately, he's taking a very firm stance on very little wiggle room in this contract negotiation. And it, it, it is not, it is not a good look. After hearing, you know, what Forsberg's camp is looking for, after hearing, you know, Forsberg himself, you know, they both, both parties have said, we want this to work out. But when you look at the information that we have, the party that looks like it's trying to make it work is Philip Forsberg's camp. David Poyle, for not having signed him for this price, I can't, like, it does not look like you're really committed to making this work. It just doesn't look like that. And you and I have both worked in our fair share of uh, toxic workplaces over the years. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've both had some pretty uh, not fun jobs. David Poyle. uh, If again, if this is true, if the reports of what Frank Valley is saying is true, um, everything Poyle has said in his postseason press conferences, this is akin to a toxic like work manager like this is akin to a toxic boss um let's not even get into the fact that the man can't make a decision like can't make a definitive decision uh you know this is very much uh this is how it's going to be you're either here or you know you're not being a team player you're either all in with this or you're not being a team player Um, right and that's, that's the thing. He wants players to buy in. He wants players to invest in the Preds. But, you know, when he trades those same players, and yeah, I get it. Hockey's a business, but you sure. have players. Like if you're signing a big contract, if you're wanting to come back, if you like it in Nashville, if you're taking discounts to come and play for the team, and, you know, you do that because their manager wants you to buy in, 
And then what? The manager can just trade you at the drop of the hat, uproot your life with little to no warning. Mm-hmm. Like that's a toxic manager. You know, if if mm-hmm. you're like, you know, you know, not to pull the curtain back a little bit, but in television news, which is the industry I came from, you know, you sign contracts and, you know, reporters, producers, anchors, whatever, you know, they sign contracts that say we're locked into the station for X years. We also sign non-competes, which is like, hey, no matter how we leave, Mm -hmm. we can't work for another station in Nashville for a year, like no matter how we leave. So there's like all this thing that's like, no, we're locked in. We're committed to this. The TV station can fire you at the drop of the hat for anything, whether they fire you for cause, whether it's just budget cuts, like they can Mm -hmm. let go of you for budget cuts. And if you want to work in the business again, you'd have to move somewhere else because you couldn't work in your home for a year, even if, and that's like the thing, it's like, there's all this flexibility for the employer but there's not right. any flexibility for the employee. And that's what like this kind of hardline stance for Poyle reminds me of. Because it's like you're asking mm-hmm. Forsberg, oh, no, he's not signing anything less than eight years. We need for him to buy in. Like, oh, he's got to buy in. And I know, I know the second. I know what's going to happen because I saw the same thing happen 10 years ago. The minute Philip Forsberg signs with the Los Angeles Kings or New Jersey Devils or Pittsburgh Penguins or Capitals, wherever he goes, we're going to hear David Poyle come out and say, uh, we're very disappointed. You know, Philip Forsberg indicated he wanted to come back. You know, what's blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, he told us we were coming back. So, you know, that's uh-huh. I saw it happen yes. 10 years ago. And I guarantee you, guarantee you if Forsberg leaves – that's what's going to come that's out of the narrative's mouth because that is the quintessential line mm-hmm. of toxic management. The minute you stand up for yourself, the minute you say no, the minute you're like, you know what? I don't think you're valuing me. You're suddenly a detriment to the team. You're not a team player. You're selfish. Yes. That happens yes. in work. That happens in sports. And I think fans – you know, look, I'll, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think fans overlooked David Poyle's share of the blame for A, Ryan Suter hat contract situation, and B, the entire Shea Weber fiasco. I think a lot of people overlooked or forgave David Poyle's sizable share of the blame for that situation because yes, David Poyle did deserve some blame for both of those situations. 10 years later, when you're already not viewed favorably in the eyes of most Predators fans, there is nowhere to hide. If Philip Forsberg winds up signing, there is going to be no goodwill and you know, mm-hmm. no amount of plan B's, no amount of trust me. I think I've earned the right to know what I'm doing here. None of that from Poyle Mm-mm. is going to have the fans forgive him for blowing, bringing back Philip Forsberg. Yes, I 100% agree. I think he is on such a short leash with this fan base right now. 
And for a lot of reasons, and I agree with you, I think this is going to be a nail in the coffin for David Poyle. Now, whether that happens with the leadership team, I don't know. But as far as fans are concerned, if we lose Philip Forsberg, Nashville is really going to be done with Poyle. So let's talk for a minute here about what do we think David Poyle is doing? You you asked a question, an interesting question before we started filming. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to bring that up. Do you think David Poyle really wants Philip Forsberg back this much? Or is that just yeah, a, or is like, that just an extra piece to have? You know, I would never have really had th that thought and I have not had that thought through this whole process. I did not have that thought at the trade deadline. I really have felt like David Poyle has been all in. We want Forsberg back. This is a top priority. But I will say last night after reading this um, this information about what Forsberg's team is allegedly asking for, I've, I came to this horrible thought of maybe David Poyle really isn't super invested in getting Philip Forsberg back. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is going through these motions and maybe he has another fish on the hook that he thinks he might like better, but he can't just not sign Philip Forsberg at this point because he didn't trade him at the trade deadline. So he can't just be like, yeah, we're going to skip this. And so it feels like there's a part of me that wonders, is he really not that committed anymore to Forsberg because he has something else he likes better? And so he's going to take kind of this hard line stance and he is going to frame the narrative up like, look at I'm trying to make it Phil's team, but he's really not. Like, and, and I will say again, did not have that thought the whole way through, you know, the season to the trade deadline, even in, you know, this postseason, it, it had never really occurred to me that maybe Poyle really isn't that committed to Philip Forsberg, but now you actually have to ask yourself that. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question because, Hey, if he's like thinking like, well, you know, maybe it was a. Uh you know, maybe it's just a one-off season. Uh, maybe we think there's another player that we can get is better than Philip Forsberg. You know, if, if that's the case, why have this song and dance? You know, Philip Forsberg's willing right. to come back. And as, you know, Jason Greger said on the podcast that kind of spurred our entire episode today, you know, who else are you going to get that brings you what Philip Forsberg did at this price? Because $8 million yes. – that's probably going to be Nazem Kadri's asking price. And I would argue right. there's less chance of him repeating his season than Philip Forsberg did repeating his season. Mm -hmm. Johnny Gaudreau's out yes. there, sure. But Johnny Gaudreau is going to make a contract pretty close to what Artemi Panarin makes, which is like 11 right. and a half, just because he's probably the best free agent that's hit the market. <coughs> Excuse me. Since Panarin and John Tavares a few years ago. So he's yes. going to make significantly more. <coughs> I'm so yes. mad about this. I'm choking to death. Um, <laughs> Don't choke up. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's like the Valnish Juskins and, you know, Andre Burakovsky's and some of those players. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to take a deep dive into how they might fit mm -hmm. in the Predators lineup, um, you know, on a future show. But, you know, do they, you know, are they 80 point scores or are they just really good right. 
second line players or like first line support players. So like, and you have to, go go ahead. You have to look at too for you know an eight million nine million dollar range. If you keep Philip Forsberg, you really have to look at. You're also if you keep Philip Forsberg, you are maintaining you know that hard to describe intangible team chemistry that I think really affects the performance of players like Matt Duchesne. So if you can keep somebody like Philip Forsberg, a known quantity who you know has great line chemistry with Matt Duchesne, who you know the two of them play well off of each other. I mean, you have the evidence in front of you. You have statistical evidence that these two play well together. And you can sign him for less than you can sign, you know, Nazem Kadri. How is this a question? Like, because, you know, losing Philip Forsberg is a reset for more players than Philip Forsberg. And yeah. when you know that you have chemistry on that top line, why would you even think about jacking with that? If it's going to cost you less than $9 million, it makes no sense to me. It yeah. makes no sense to me right now. I don't know. Like, I don't know what is going through David Poyle's mind. This is a guy who we have seen swing for the fences a couple times very successfully. Mm -hmm. A man who is True. not afraid in the past to go after somebody that he thinks is actively going to make his team better. He's done that multiple times. I don't don't know why in the past few years he stopped doing that. I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes. Um, I don't know if there's something from ownership, even though he claims there's not. Um, and they claim there's not. They, they claim, claim they're behind not. him 100%. I, mm -hmm. I don't know like why he has suddenly become so passive in his moves, you know, if you have a team and we've talked about this before, you know, there's a lot of people who think the Preds should go full scale rebuild. You look at the teams who go through full scale rebuild and they're packed with, you know, players past their primes, making all this insane amount of money that they can't move. Those are the teams in need of full rebuilds. Again, that's not the Nashville Predators. Three of the four right. highest paid players on the Nashville Predators had career best seasons last year. Um, one of them just had maybe the best scoring season by a defenseman in 30 years. And the other one of the top four that didn't have a career best season still had his best season in over three years. So that's not a team in need of a rebuild. That's a team in need of help. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you mm. lose Philip Forsberg, you're back at square one. And then you can start talking about maybe a full-scale rebuild. And I don't think Preds fans are going to like, even seeing what the Colorado Avalanche accomplished, I don't think they're going to like what that entails. That, and I also feel like David Poyle, if that is the direction you're going to go, David Poyle came out and said, hey, it's not going to be any bigger of a rebuild if we lose Philip Forsberg. And that's... There's such dissonance in that statement when you look at this Nashville Predators team. How are you going to lose Philip Forsberg and go, yeah, it's not going to be that much different. And, and again, this makes me come back to, does David Poyle have a fish on the hook that he thinks will be better than Philip Forsberg? 
because that makes no sense. It makes no sense to say if we lose Philip Forsberg, it's not that big of a rebuild. It doesn't really change what we're doing. How in the world does it not change what you're doing? That doesn't make sense. And I understand, you know, I, I, I tried... I try to have a lot of grace for David Poyle because it's not easy to be the guy in the seat. And, you know, he does look at things long-term and differently. And his perspective is different from a business sense than from a media sense or a fan sense, or even a head coach's perspective. And I understand that, but there comes a point in time where you have to connect the dots a little better with the fans, with the media than David Poyle is doing, because what he has said throughout this whole process with Philip Forsberg prior to the trade deadline to where we are this morning, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, I am not one to hashtag fire Poyle. In my opinion, this is going to be how this plays out is going to be huge. And I'm curious, Nick, if Philip Forsberg is gone and he is asking for less than $9 million and the Predators don't sign him, what does that mean in your eyes for David Poyle? It means that he doesn't have a vision for this team. And if it is, it doesn't line up with the team's vision. Uh, it apparently doesn't line up with the ownership vision and it doesn't, un, you know, line up with the fans vision. And uh, when that there's that much disarray, when there's that much unrest, something needs to change. And uh, I would like to have faith that, you know, maybe ownership steps in and uh, makes a change at the helm. I know he's got a very good relationship with, uh, you know, I know the owners have a very good relationship with David Poyle. I don't know how mm -hmm. much say Bill Haslam is going to have if the sale goes through and gets finalized. Um, but the status quo can't remain the same. And if we get into a situation like next year, like let's envision Roman Yossi has another big year. UC Saros stands on his head again, making mm -hmm. like 40 saves a game. And the Predators still like either get swept in the first round or like miss the playoffs oh, altogether. That's a failure. That is, that is a organizational mm -hmm. failure. And uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Is this fireable? Yes. In your eyes. If if the Predators are, if they even have a hint of struggling next year, it's fireable. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting note to end on, a lot to chew on. Again, this was all thanks mm -hmm. to a report from the DFO Rundown podcast with Frank Saravelli, a very reliable source. Uh, we will, yes. um, you know, keep an eye on it. Uh, July 13th. That's that's the day Philip Forsberg, if he wants, can sign with another NHL team. We'll have to see if something changes between now and then, because as it stands right now, you know, unless there's something different behind the scenes, it doesn't sound like either side is necessarily happy with the other side right now. So uh, we'll have to see. And where can the people find your work online? You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. 
You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Helps us get this out to Preds fans just like yourself. That's going to do it for today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more Preds talk. We'll see you then.